0: You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer.
1: This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and uh, really excited to have Jenna, Ari, and Ash from the great band, uh, Um, really excited to have you on chat art and philosophy and um also have guest host Aiden Vellante he's a musician and uh metalhead uh so we got a group of metalheads here all uh instead. So um just wanted to welcome you all to um to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thanks so much for having us.
1: Yeah, it's a great pleasure I'm reaching you from down in LA. We're up in uh, uh, Oregon, up in Oregon, and um, I wanted to start. Uh, I wanted to start the show by asking um, asking you about art. And when I ask artists about art, you spend so much time and like you're so busy uh, creating. You dedicate, you know, a huge chunk of your life to it. And uh, one of the questions I ask is what is art and what is, what is, what is it that, um, what is it that you're trying to do uh, with your art? And um, I was wondering, uh, Jenna, your, your thoughts on, on, on art and uh, what the heck it is.
3: Oh, I'm sure you come across it every time, like, Oh, that's such a loaded question. Um, I think art is, uh, a language of expressing emotions. Um, maybe not a language that uses words, necessarily, but um, a a physical, a uh, visual language. Um, just kind of manifesting uh, what's inside.
1: You find emotion to be a huge part of that in your thinking?
3: I would say so, yeah.
1: Ash, your thoughts on art?
0: Um, yeah, like Jenna said, super hard question. Um it's funny, I also I like studied art history. Um it's kind of like my bag. And I feel like that's one question that was recurring throughout my whole time doing that and never really was resolved, but Um, I think, you know, art needs to speak to like a larger, um, kind of, uh, like a larger societal and cultural context that people can relate to. Um, I mean, I think art isn't really doing anything unless it, um, is trying to achieve something like beyond the artists themselves, um, in that, you know, it's like you know helping someone or revealing larger like themes in um i don't know like a culture or society or something like that i think it has to be active in that way um i think um it's a really good like method of kind of um, like articulating uh Articulating things that like we can't necessarily in everyday and like revealing stuff through like kind of symbols or through, um, more like intuitive ways of like, uh, communicating. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I'm sounding a little like esoteric or something, but um, I think all good art has to uh be, it has to speak to something beyond the artist who's making it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I heard a piece in there as far as like trying, you know, it's the way of expressing things that it's a unique way of expressing things. And I found that the co- like complicated emotions and things like art, uh, you know, can be expressed um, through art. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely. All
4: right. Um, and this last one for art and question, uh, you know, what is art to you? Like uh, what's the importance of expressing yourself uh, through art?
2: Um, Yeah, I've, I've um, been surrounded by art my whole life. My both parents are artists in their own ways. And I think it's a therapeutic necessity. Um, It allows you to connect with others, even your subjective opinion. And of course, like the art itself is subjective. And I think it really serves as a cathartic release and, you know, I think it leaves a footprint in this world. It leaves, you know, it's what you leave behind when you're gone. It's immortal.
5: Yeah,
4: I love that. Yeah, I love that. really powerful. And I can, totally, I can totally relate to that, like being an artist myself. Um, kind of the way that you put it was super relatable. Sometimes hearing uh, other artists describe art, you know, kind of how they understand it um sometimes like I feel like it kind of reflects back onto me and I look at it in a different light so yeah yeah I
1: appreciate that thank you okay what is fairy doom tell us
2: does Does anyone want to go
1: <laughs> tell us what fairy do- I believe it I believe what I'm hearing is fairy doom it feels like fairy doom what is fairy doom
2: <laughs> uh, Fairy well, Doom oh. yeah you go You go. <laughs> yeah. if you want
3: the honest answer Fairy Doom was something I guess you would say uh, something quickly um, put together to put in an Instagram bio to separate us from uh, the other acts that we uh, I guess manifested from in, in our local scene Um, It sounded cool. It was the first thing uh, popped in my head uh, sitting in my bedroom from at least the memory I think I have of writing it on our Instagram bio when we were first making a social media account after what are maybe two jam sessions. Um, But uh, I noticed that sometimes when you you coin a, a term or genre or niche um, thing like that, people really connect to it, and that's the last thing we would have expected for something like that. But people want to know, like, well, what is it? And that's why we're here right now. People want to know what it is. and yeah, uh, Now what we could say is uh, it's, you know, our specific brand of art. <laughs> and music, our our lyrics, our, our instrumentation, our melody. It's um it's a magical poop of uh <laughs> what we create basically. Also <laughs> our our
2: name as well because of course. <laughs> Faye and Faye Tooth is
3: yeah. the most obvious part. Yeah. Yeah. Just a
2: way
0: to connect
2: I was
0: I was gonna add to that, I think uh, Fairy Dune kind of like speaks to our like sonic aesthetic and then also like our more like th- thematic elements in our lyrics and like how we like yeah. learn music or we emerge we like folklore with like more heavy genres
5: mm-hmm
1: I was just talking to the producer and editor of the show, and he talked about um, a very different band, the Decemberists, and his kids referred to it as "Scary Forest" music. <laughs> I
2: love that. Well,
1: the hazards of love, the hazards I, of love, in particular, "Scary Forest" music. So I, I feel I, I'm in the forest with you yeah. too. So there's a, you know, a cousin relation there. I
3: was gonna say it's like kind of like a distant relative, like I don't know, like goblin punk, yeah, just like create a genre with some sort of mystical uh element and then plus you know gen- uh random music genre and then boom you got a new niche and people go crazy
1: yeah yeah well, tell take us take 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 the listeners into like you know just yeah. just what's going on for you a recently recognized heavy metal album of the year and, and spin and I know you've been getting a lot of attention and a lot of people listening to your music and say, w- w- what's going on? What's it? Fay Tooth? And, you know, jumping in on that. What's what's it like for you now as as a band, like creatively or managing that and figuring out what's next? What's going on?
2: Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to say. I mean, I feel like we're the same band that we started with. We just really kind of honed in and like developed our sound and our like musical, strengthened our musical relationships because we've been at it for a while um, even outside of this project but I mean it's pretty like I don't (laughs) really know what other word to say I don't really use this word very often but it's pretty radical like it was totally like out of left field I think we once we started gaining a little more um, traction on our EP and invocation that came out in 2019 I think everything after that we were just like constantly surprised that our music was like speaking Mm -hmm. to people and connecting with people and I think it's interesting to hear what what they take away from our music because we all have our personal ties and even though they're like thematic with our lyrics and stuff or thematic with like folklore and stuff there's a little bit of our like own seeds of our takeaways in life um in there but it's just really interesting to hear what people have to say. And I think that is the most like insane thing to me. I don't know how to put it. Like people really do connect. And I think it's just like so incredible and just baffling at the same time. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. And it's, 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 I, I I really wondered, I really wondered that. And, um, and, and just seeing the, the, the recognition, I want to say that, um, I, I, the, the album is gorgeous. That's the, the, the word that I would use and, um, uh, listen to it, uh, sonically. Um, I, what I did was I put my headphones on and put pillows over my head. So it would be that immersive, um, just recently. And, um, I just want to let you know, it's well-deserved recognition, no matter, no matter what it is. It is a significant album. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. so much yeah yeah um uh, we're gonna be uh listeners we're gonna be cutting uh in a, in a little while uh, so you'll be able to hear uh some of uh, Tooth uh, La Socieras, the track will be cutting to in a little bit and at the end of the episode we have another track uh she cast she cast the shadow um one uh, one other question I want to ask related to art and um I hope the the question is just like too big but I, I want to give you a ways to get at it um is the role of, of 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 art changed um and i'm talking about recent events i've done the podcast through like the pandemic and this political upheaval and you know significant issues facing us with climate change and, and such and i've had different answers uh from guests about the role of art. and some folks have said shit it's more important now than ever it's the end times or some will say, look, it's always been the end times, <laughs> you know. So I, I was I was wondering, um, just each one of you, um, wh- what do you think the role is art now and whether it's changed? And uh, I'll go to Ari first.
2: Uh, well, I, I truly believe that, you know, especially during like 2020 and after with the pandemic and the riots and political upheaval, you know, I know a lot of trends started with like infographs and like aesthetic infographs on Instagram and stuff, um, which as a graphic designer, I, I did a few for people, but I mean, art has always served as, like I said before, a subjective opinion and, you know, people agree and it's just a way people express themselves politically, personally, you know, beyond that emotionally. And I think, it's a key ingredient to expression and freedom of speech and you know however you take that whether it's physical art digital art you know, photography like sculptures all of that beyond that of course but um, you know they all serve as a speaking point for the current times and I think you know, looking back at, of course, like nineteen seventies, nineteen sixties, prior to that art, they're all reflective of the political time. In
1: the yeah, world. yeah, I see that. Uh, Jenna, the the role of art has it, is it, is it different now? Is it just kind of, you know, it's art has its role and that's what it is. What what do you think?
3: Um. Yeah, I I would say uh, it's always been significant. Um. Me, with current, I also would go off of what Ari said in the recent, um, since at least two thousand twenty, with um, the pandemic and um, uh, the riots across the uh, U.S. Uh, relating to the uh, systematic, uh, you know, police violence. Um, I would say specifically art done by marginalized folks, um, such as like, uh, black and indigenous people of color is more significant. Um, not like as if more than ever, ever, but it's important to look to certain artists and see, um, the art that has maybe been, uh, overlooked and music that's been overlooked and artists that have been overlooked, um, due to, just straight up, you know, racism or just privileges of other artists. Um, And especially in certain kinds of music, too, where you would go back to something in in the metal genre and see, like, looking into black metal where there's this, you know, serious issue with Nazism and fascism. There's so many awesome, like, queer black metal artists and um, black metal artists that are, like, black like black black metal artists and queer, just awesome transgender black metal artists. I'm sorry, my tongue is going everywhere. Um, It's really like kind of, it's important to kind of flip the script on it and like take back certain kind of music genres and art styles that have been kind of uh, reclaimed for negative reasons. Um, especially with um, like an uprising, you know, anti-Semitism and just mm-hmm. straight fascism. You see such a problem with it right now, especially we, we, like it's, it's everywhere. It's all over social media. It's all over, you know, the, the streets, it's, it's everywhere. And yeah, I would say, I guess, yeah, right now it's really important to uh, kind of put the spotlight on different artists that are changing or not even changing, but, you know, making not even just bold claims or anything, you're just simply being.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Jenna.
4: Yeah. And there's, um, something I'd want to add on to that. Um, it's really got me thinking is, uh, how something that I noticed that with, as the metal community that we still need to work on is (laughs) like being inclusive and being able to like, realize that our fa- favorite musicians who we look up to like aren't might not be the best people mm-hmm. um a big yeah. one for me is um uh the Pantera fan base
5: yeah
4: like, I I see like posts about it and, and everything like I literally saw one the other day um and it was just it was just kind of talking shit on um Phil Anselmo which honestly kind of deserves because you know he I'm familiar. Yeah. Said some awful things. And then there's still people who will just blindly defend him. And I think that's like just, um, an issue that, you know, something that needs really needs to be addressed and something, um, you know, yeah. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm not like a, pantera listener but i'm I'm familiar with these issues and like sometimes we run into things i think we've talked amongst ourselves where like we run into issues where maybe a publication will want to reach out to us but that publication has highlighted a certain um artist that has been known you know along those lines to do something like that and you know it's treading a line where you're like, you don't want to associate with that. And if if publications are going to still put these people on a pedestal or put them on the front page of something, like, do you really want to associate with that? Or do you want to try to highlight the other people that are doing even better art and current and, you know, not rehashing the same thing that's been done, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we can, you know, appreciate the, the music. I, I, You know, this is a complicated you know, why a lot of people tread is the, the artist first, the art. And I think, you know, it's contingent, you know, for the person, but I, I think we don't need to put certain people on pedestals anymore is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank Thank Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I really appreciate your comments. Um, you know, it's around representation. And, uh, one, one of the interesting pieces I've had, um, uh, 16, uh, indigenous guests from over 20 tribes. And, and I asked them the kind of the the question is, you know, is what's going on now? We're seeing like more TV shows, Rutherford falls reservation dogs. We're seeing more music and, you know, does this, does this feel, does this feel good? You know, they feel it's going to go away. And, um, one of the things I've gleaned is that there's a there's a real vibrant movement uh, for inclusion that um, uh, that, you know, there there's there's hope in that things are uh, progressing in that way. I even had one guest say, well, you know, was like, when do you know that you've made it like culturally And there's, and, and she was like. If they show an Indigenous family at a, in a McDonald's commercial, like, right. I just like mm-hmm. see myself for the first time like at McDonald's. It's, so Corporate it, it's America. Just, yeah, it's like it's it's it's. Um, Ash, we've had you chomping at the bit here uh, mm-hmm. with the with the uh, uh, question. What is, what is the role of art? Do you see it as being any any bit different uh, nowadays or is it kind of held its uh, position uh, over time?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely leaning towards the latter. I think it's always been pretty essential. Um, I think if anything now, I think it's important to like, have a sense of like organization within, um, art spaces, uh, specifically with like, I think what we've seen in like DIY and like local music scenes has probably been the most powerful that like I've experienced being an artist in the city. Um. I think, you know, as much as, like, one artist can do with, like, an individual project or album or song or release, um, it's only augmented when there is a community that's, like, supporting them. Um, so I would maybe say, like, more so than art, it's important to have, like, uh, a, a support system and network of artists who are able to, like, speak to, like, you know, cultural moments, like, as they, as they happen and um, as we, like, all collectively deal
1: with it yeah yeah thank you um a question before we cut to the cut to the um cut to the track um uh one of one of the things um i I was i was wondering uh is about you've worked you've all worked together collaborated together for for a bit of time and uh, can can any of you speak to just I, i can hear it um, I would assume it in your output and, and how you've described it. But what is it about um the the collaboration and what you, Tooth, had going into, say, recording this new album that you that you had there? We can hear it, but how does that contribute to your relationships and in, in your creative uh endeavor?
2: Sorry, I was waiting if anyone was gonna go. Um,
1: <laughs> I didn't see a name. <laughs> I
2: was like, mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've known each other like personally. I want to say I've known Ash for nine years this year. Um, I've known Jenna for about seven or eight, and our drummer Raw um, around that same time, seven or eight. And I, I think we, you know, started out as friends in the creative community we met um our drummer Rod at a show and I met Ash at school and through Ash we met um Jenna and then I think just beyond that, we experimented. Sorry, my cat is like rolling all over my table right now. This is, a cat, like this, is a <laughs> this is a cat friendly.
1: a cat friendly podcast. It's happened many times. It's fine. Okay,
2: good. Okay. Um. Yeah, she's like on her back right now next to the computer. Um. Anyways, uh, where was I? Um. Uh, we've had a you know a really. I don't want. I want to say like honestly juvenile like project before this it wasn't very like rooted yeah. in anything we were just very like not adults yet just exper- experimenting like you know being in the punk scene where we grew up and I think that really <clears throat> reflected on us at the time and you know that had its moment and then one day we were just like let's freaking jam we we haven't done that in a while like this was like a couple years you know prior but um We just started out on, like, a jam session, and I think, you know, our initial connection just, like, was really rooted in creativity and music and our own, you know, personal friendship connection, and I think we really leaned into that, and, you know, we all share the same music taste, or at least generally, like, beyond that, and I think it just really blossomed from there, which is like really cheesy to say, but it's true. We just really Mm -hmm. trusted in each other. And we just kind of ended up with our first EP, which was like, you know, very early on, like literally first four songs we wrote, we just immediately put them on there. And then after that, we, you know, the mid pandemic, we were like pretty early. I don't even think Ash was like 20 yet. (laughs) <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I don't remember, I think but, I was, you know, we were just... I think I was 18. You were wow. 18, okay, in the pandemic. Yeah, so we were just, like, very early adulthood. Like, I'm still early adulthood. I'm only 20 right now, but, you know, I think that really gave us an opportunity to experiment with our... I don't, is this a word? Developmentation? <laughs> is that a
1: word? It is now.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, I just think it really allowed us to, you know, um, start with like a fresh uh, sound. And I think once the pandemic hit, we started really like taking it even more seriously and like really pulling from like our personal influences and still with like trusting each other and our music tastes and our own, you know, connection to each other. And then the album was born based off of like even experiences of like each other that we knew each other when we were going through it. So I think it just really adds another level of like connection to our own songs and to each other's songs. Like when they're brought up in a writing session. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I, 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 I I, am. It's great. It's great to hear that. And I, and I think when, like a to, to see an album like this come out, there has to be something before that's you know that's that's enmeshed with multiple mm-hmm. people, and uh, that's really a great thing um, to to have and cherish. Okay, one of the things that happens when I have bands on is I always want to get um, to the to the music. I always want to talk and get to the music, but going to cut uh, to track, listen overhead to La La Saucier, mm-hmm. uh which I believe is your second single off this album yep. is that correct yep okay and the first was uh echolalia mm-hmm. so this is the second um uh, re- uh release uh Tooth uh la saucier we'll go to song and we're going to chat about song and music a little bit more with Tooth. Thank you, Faye Tooth, for La Sociedad. <laughs> uh, incredible, incredible, incredible track. Um, I'd read that it was uh, possibly inspired by a cult film, The Belladonna's Sadness. Is that correct?
3: Um, yeah, that that song is a direct, uh, I guess you would say, train of thought um, verse uh, while watching the film Belladonna's Sadness. Um, at least its earliest incarnation, because. Um, the for those earliest lyrics for that song were written those like as our fifth song pretty much. Um, and then it, it evolved over time, like over a year or two, you know, pandemic times. Uh, but yeah, uh, directly uh, based on that film and my reaction to it, maybe a slight narrative shift, but um, yeah, that was a, that's pretty much, my train of thought
1: <laughs> yeah and that's uh i think it's 73 so yeah 50 50 years old 50 years old on on the on that uh i i looked up and and, and saw that a bit as the the inspiration thanks thanks for telling us a, a bit about that
4: um yeah and and i um had another question regarding vocals i was just about to ask one of y'all just about it but I, I looked into it a little bit more. It seems like each one of you does vocals in uh, some regard and um I really, really like the screaming um on it and I'm a screamer myself. Um and I was just wondering like um like uh how did you how did you learn? Like like was it like on your own or I, I, I took lessons, um but yeah, I, I guess I just wanted to see, like, what other ways, you know, people have learned, because, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, in terms of, like, learning, you know, there's no, like, screaming choirs or anything like that, very little, like,
2: there Wasn't class. there one, wasn't there one on AGT, on America's Got Talent? I think there was one. Was there? Yeah, that's so, yeah. right. Was it
4: the guy in the corpse paint and everything? Yeah, yeah I know, sorry. I,
2: know. I was like, wait, wasn't there?
4: Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I uh, yeah, I I can picture it in my head right now. So yeah, just like wondering how uh, y'all learned how to scream.
3: Um. So on that song specifically, there's uh there's like three different vocals on there and it's really challenging um but basically as for me personally um I have I kind of the way I I think of it is that I was a really weird kid and I was always screaming um like just I was a really odd kid and um my sister I have an older sister she's eight years older than me and um she is basically who got me into heavy music um my my mom basically one day was like hey jesse this is my older sister can you please like put some music on jenna's ipod from your itunes
5: mm-hmm. and
3: um she was like i remember sitting in our in our back office in the computer room basically and she would go through each song she like is this okay and I'd be like, yeah. And then she would look shocked because it would be like Lamb of God or something. She was really, mm-hmm. It was like really early 2000s, you know, metal. And she was she was a cross punk. So she, but she had a really, like, vast um, music taste. Um, so I was listening to that stuff when I was, like, 10. And um, as for starting to do the vocals, like, kind of mimicking it, it really started with Kind of more grungy bands, like a band called uh, Babes in Toyland. Um, I really liked the singer um, Cat Bielan's voice. It's like this really ugly kind of like stepping on a cat scream. Yeah. Not really a metal screen, though. It's kind of just like really chaotic. And I was like, oh, like, I think I can do that. And so I think maybe a a couple years ago, um, well, years ago at this point, probably 2017 as when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try doing this. And so I was just basically copying um, vocalists I like, and it was definitely not any anywhere near what the quote-unquote right way to do. I was definitely shredding my voice um, until, like, down the line, I was, like, you know, starting to do it actually regularly, and I was like, oh, I can't feel like I'm going to black out every time I'm doing this. So um, I think it was just, like, a mixture of, some TikTok dude, uh, I, f- I forget his name, that was kind of giving screaming tips, and then David, yeah, probably him, yeah, and uh, then just extreme uh,
2: vocal institute,
3: yeah, oh, then, yeah, yeah, I yeah,
2: yeah
3: him, and just incorporating just like basic vocal warm ups into it, and so just kind of figuring out what works for me and doesn't hurt um, anymore, and I've in the last couple years basically. I've tried my best to improve, uh, especially in, in live settings, because now we're doing it more as we play more live. And then when it came to uh, when we recorded our album, because I can't really listen to our, our EP that I consider a demo at this point, my I, it's very novice <laughs> what I consider. Yeah, I,
2: I agree. It's so um,
3: far. <laughs> just um, is when our producer Joseph really like encouraged me um, to do some more vocals that I wasn't necessarily like comfortable or tried before in any setting at all. And so those were the first times where I tried much lower screams and I kind of credit him to kind of pushing me and not pushing me to like, I'm in pain, but like, he was like, you you can, you can do that. Like, just do it. And so (laughs) that's kind of the history. Uh, Sorry for the tangent, but it was kind of like over time I was like, Okay, let's push myself to try this, and now the the latest one is let me actually try to learn how to sing.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I get that with um, you know, kind of needing that motivation to mm-hmm. to kind of go more like all in with um vocals. Like personally, with with me, um, for the longest time, when it came to like anything singing. Like it it would or screaming or whatever it I had this barrier that I kind of set um in front of myself that I was just like oh well I don't wanna i wanna I don't want other people to hear me because they're gonna think blah 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 um and like only really recently um when I've i'd say it's been over like the past six months um where I've started learning how to do all this singing and screaming and stuff, and probably over the last like month or two is when I've actually started to kind of knock down that that barrier and um you know it doesn't seem like much at first at least in my experience when it comes to kind of knocking that barrier down but I feel like once you get used to it more over time it just it feels just like a lot more like at least in my case it feels a lot more like therapeutic just being able to mm-hmm. kind of like let those kind of mm-hmm. totally. sounds come out um it it can be a very primal and at the same time healing
1: um sort of thing you know yeah yeah uh i um and and thanks thanks Aiden and thanks for the discussion about um uh, about vocals i i uh i wanted to um uh get to um the big philosophical question uh that's the basis of the show which uh is why is there something rather than nothing? And I want each of you to take a stab at it. And uh, so I don't know if I should should call out anybody because then you might take uh, exception to that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenna, why is there something rather than nothing? Sorry to pick on you. No, it's fine. Why is there something rather than
3: nothing? Well, wow something rather than nothing um, i think if you don't have something then you have nothing <laughs> there
1: you go yeah <laughs> ash you want to take a stab um,
0: yeah Why well, i there i would say there's something rather than nothing um So we all learn, probably. Um, Why not?
1: It's the way it is. (laughs) There she goes. Ari.
2: Um, I mean, there's something rather than nothing, because I think we just started out as primordial soup. And I think that beyond that, we learn to communicate, survive, create, um, feel. I think, you know, uh, life, I mean, before life, even, I guess you could say like inanimate objects or something, they just exist. They're just pieces of matter in this uh, crap hole of life. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I want um, I want uh, everybody to know um, how to uh, how to find your material. How, to, okay. how does how do the listeners uh, interact with your art? Find find your tracks. Can uh, can you let fo- folks know about that?
2: Does anyone want to go? <laughs> you got it. Okay, I got this. Uh, all right, here's a long list. Our music is available at faytooth.bandcamp.com, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, uh, Pandora even, (laughs) SoundCloud. Uh, There's a couple in there. Oh, YouTube Music. And you can find us for announcements at Instagram at Faytooth, Twitter at Faytooth, YouTube at Faytooth, TikTok at Faytooth, and any other... Accessible links are available at Linktree slash faytooth or linktree.com slash faytooth. So, oh wait, is there no .com in Linktree? I don't think there is. Scratch that. It's link.ee link tr- slash faytooth. There we go. Awesome. Um, so that's where all of our links are. They lie in that Linktree. So if anyone wants one shot for everything, it's in there. <laughs>
1: You got some uh, merch like through Bandcamp and stuff?
2: Uh, Not currently at the moment. I print everything. I just haven't had the time to keep up with the demand. It's a very um, growing demand, a fast-growing demand. Um, But we have cassettes up there. Uh, I think they're sold out right now, but they will be coming back. I believe we'll have EP cassettes soon. And when the vinyl is out, it will be on our Bandcamp.
1: Oh, incredible. I've seen uh, up, up here in the Pacific Northwest, there's been a huge kind of interest in, uh, and it's been part of the metal scene for a while with cassettes, but seeing cassettes mm-hmm. and CDs and BHS tapes, uh, rather than just a niche or a return, it's like there's a hankering for the thing, for the physical yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah immortal. <laughs> uh, do you feel that as well? I mean, I, I think, I don't know, something around the digital that you can access the digital, but it, I've just been surprised and fascinated by the market for the physical objects, a whole CD market again, up in the Pacific Northwest, which was really not fathomable. <laughs> like, I don't know, in my experience a couple years ago, you see that demand for the physical stuff uh, that you put out?
2: Uh, Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. It's pretty wild um, that people want to buy it and keep it forever, or at least it exists in the world forever. It's pretty wild to me.
1: Yeah. Um, and everybody, the, the album, uh, we've been referring to remnants of the vessel, uh, with the band, uh, uh, Faytooth getting a lot of well-deserved, um, well-deserved recognition. Uh, like, like I said before, I, um, I'm a big, uh, doom metal fan. Um, when I moved to the Pacific Northwest from the Midwest, I didn't know the extent of the metal culture here. And once I arrived, I, I just felt wonderful and at home and 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 so i really appreciate about this scene and i just want to let you know as a band um i adore the genre i adore what 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 you do so uh i don't withhold the my excitement to be able to talk to fey tooth and um and uh aiden valante here is a co-host and, and musician as well it's a very very exciting uh, conversation for us to talk to you right now too mm-hmm. and um wishing you all the uh, great success and um, hopefully uh, be able to s- see you swing by uh, up in the Pacific Northwest Portland Seattle I'm sure everybody will be demanding you so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll search you we'll search you down but um, and for listeners all those places um, as far as the, you can find the the podcast uh, with, uh, with 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 Faytooth on uh on, on apple pandora i found out that pandora is still i think the number one streaming service in really? the really yeah because oh, they never lost <laughs> I, I found it so strange because the, the, <laughs> the podcast took off on pandora for a bit for a while and i like pandora still exists but the amount of subscribers when they first started they still have more subscribers or that might have changed so i don't mean, can find it you can find it everywhere um wanted to thank you uh Aiden, and, and thank you, Ash, Ari, and, and Jenna, for coming on the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Um, keep up the great work. Thank, thank you, you. Thank so, you much. so
0: much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very
1: and, and, and and thanks for the music and uh, folks. <laughs> uh, just so you know, the track we'll end up uh, going out with on this episode is uh, "She Cast a Shadow," another great track uh, from from Fae Tooth. Mm. Thanks so much.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. that they not